you find yourself at the gym, surrounded by muscle-bound behemoths. You just want to have a quiet, relaxing workout, but you can't, because you want them to ride off. That's why you need ride off. Yes, the one solution that'll get rid of those pesky muscle-bound oafs once and for all. Now also edible as well. It is a cream that can apply to your skin and get rid of those roids. It is also a tasty treat like a yogurt. It has not been scientifically tested nor tested on animals. But hey, apparently the experts say it is fit for human consumption. Try roid off today. Enjoy your workout. Microphone test, one, two, three, one, two, three. That was a long one. Yeah, it was all right. Eh? Not bad. Not one of my effort. best moments. Good effort. Yeah, yeah, pretty good. The judges give it a I, well, I was seven out of ten. I was impressed. Well, that as counts long as for you're anything. Impressed. I was impressed, dude. Thank you. That means a lot to me, man. I'm, I just want to thank the fans, the sponsors, um, the fans, the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the vibe, really. How you we're, doing? We're fans. Oh, I don't know, dude. I'm just, I'm guessing. What's going on, man? Nothing too much, dude. Just uh, chilling out and uh, watching a bit of Rick and Morty. Nice, man. Rick and Morty, always a good time. I'm overdue to um, revisit that bad boy. So yeah, yeah. Well, I was I was tempted to start a Stranger Things rewatch since uh, season four drops. On Friday, well, tomorrow. Ah, okay. Are you excited? I'm very excited. Um, well, I'm excited and I'm also kind of dreading it since season three was such a fucking emotional nut punch. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just I, like, I... You know, that last episode of season three was like, fuck's sake, like, come on. Yeah, I, I kind of need to go back to... Uh, the beginning and watch all live again because you know I, I don't know about you but I just sometimes forget shows when it just gets crazy mixed up and confusing and weird and shit. So well, it's been three years. Yeah, well, okay, that's my excuse, and I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, dude, it's pretty nice. But um, yeah, man, no, it's exciting, dude. There's some there's some good shit coming out there, and mm. uh, yeah, I. Uh, We'll see. What's what? I was just gonna say what's got me so psyched for for season four of Stranger Things is, um, well, Robert Englund's in it, and I keep getting seeing articles like dropping Elm Street references, like, oh yeah, it's very influenced by Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, oh, I'm fucking there. I'm so there, dude. You know, I I was gonna be there anyway, but yeah, 
I don't know about you, man, but like just slightly off topic, but slightly on. If they do another Nightmare on Elm Street movie with Robert Englund, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Not at all. Fuck no. I I really think I like I have like the perfect Nightmare on Elm Street pitch. Like I'm just like yeah, I, I'm so waiting for it. But I really think what they've got to do. So here's here's my thing, and we should probably have saved this for Freaky Friday, but fuck it. Um. Hey, when in Rome, dude. <laughs> so we, we can always we can always recap it on Freaky Friday. It, it's it's the day after Freaky Friday, so it's just carrying over. Yeah, dude. So I I really think what they need to do is they need to just completely disregard that fucking remake because it was garbage. Yeah, it was um, remake. What remake? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. I've tried to block it from my memory. Yeah, I, I've, I've actually tried to rewatch that thing about three times since you I saw it. Rewatched it. Yeah, I, I really was just like, am I having a visceral reaction to this because it's not decent? It's not it's not Robert, and oh. I'm just so fucking invested. So I've tried to rewatch it and tried to find something good about it, and I just can't. It's fucking terrible on every level. Yeah, look, I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing about you know, and, and again, this is a conversation that's vastly heading into Freaky Friday territory. But fuck it, the, this is the thing I have about the main characters of films, um, especially for speaking roles, there are certain things that you shouldn't do. And one of them is replace um, the, the actor that built the character. Like, mm. for example, Robert Englund is Freddy Krueger. He built Freddy Krueger. Um, regardless of whether he conceived the character or not, he made it his own and is, you know, we all connect Robert England with Freddy Krueger. You know, they're peas in a pod. Yeah. Now, to go and create a remake, which is, you know, not the most horrible idea on the planet. I mean, there, there are young kids that don't know shit from bricks about horror and Nightmare on Elm Street is, they look at that 1982 film and go, it's an old film, you know, without thinking oh, it actually might be a kick-ass film. <clears throat> so let's give them a remake with, you know, completely, you know, repainted a uh, fresh coat of paint and all that rest of it meanwhile it turns out to be a hideous abortion you know it's, yeah also i i feel like we've got to have a really in-depth conversation on freaky friday and if 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 people are like anticipating me at some point slamming nolan batman especially the dark knight rises you have no idea how fucking napalm i will go <laughs> i can street remake because, i can't oh. wait Let's... There is so much wrong with that. But see, my thing is, mm. is that I'm okay with like a, a sort of passing the torch thing. Like, if, Of course, if, if it's done give, right. If you do it right and you give Robert one last fucking spin at the wheel, yep. um, because look, Freddy is such a great character and Elm Street is such a great concept that, you know, sadly, Robert's not going to be with us forever. Um, no, this is, this and... is the sad truth. But I think Freddy is such a great character and Elm Street is such an iconic fucking horror staple that it's it's like Dracula at this point. It's got to live on. Mm. And I really think if you gave Robert one last spin at the wheel, um, like a really good last hurrah and pass the torch, because see, the thing, <clears throat> the thing is, right, so Freddy's a dream monster, like, and no one, like, no one ever dreams about stuff the same way twice. So my thinking is my, my writer logic, and I've thought about this way too much is that 
why couldn't Freddie look different in each kid's dream, right? Like, because, you know, Freddie's basically an urban legend. They're all going to dream about him. He's possibly going to appear different. So, theoretically, you could pass the torch to another actor. And I am fucking casting my vote for Richard Brake to play Freddy Krueger. I know everyone said fucking... um, uh, Kevin Bacon and shit like that. No way. I reckon Richard Brake, man. Like, if you've seen him in any fucking Rob Zombie flick, like uh, 31 classic, dude, example. exactly right. Like, you, you see him in 31 and you picture that level of malicious glee. Who doesn't like a as, bit of popcorn? Yeah, as Freddy Krueger. Like, dude, it is a fucking gold mine waiting to be tapped. I reckon Richard Brake would go fucking ballistic with that role and I think it would be glorious you know what I, I would go one step further because of their affiliation Nightmare on Elm Street directed by Rob Zombie Dude, how fucking awesome would that be seriously with Richard like, Ray. yeah like, like how awesome would that be because um, it would be treated with love and respect well and with Rob Zombie's level of imagination that was my biggest fucking gripe like amongst many gripes my biggest gripe with the remake was how fucking unimaginative it was like it was pale dude it was like, pale dude, stale you compare the nightmares and the dreamscapes in that to what Wes Craven did with half the fucking technology and resources in 1984 yeah, and the 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 fucking 2011 remake just looks even worse because it's like, look, mate, if I can if I can just give you a, a classic example, it's like going to see a recent Morrissey appearance in 2022 as opposed to seeing Morrissey in 1985. There's no fucking difference. It's the yeah. same boring <laughs> shit. Yeah, I I just any excuse to just segue into a fuck you Morrissey, shut the fuck up, just yeah, shut yeah. the fuck up Morrissey. I'd, I'd put Morrissey. I'd give him a cameo in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie, but um, kill him oh. for real. Just fucking saying. Just don't stop doing <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> death, is, death to Morrissey. Uh, this is really fast becoming a Freaky Friday episode. Isn't it? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> you remember? There, there, little bit. Remember yesterday we had a bit of um, confusion. Is this Freaky Friday? Is this rad? I don't know. I feel like we're back at the start of that episode. It's again. like a, a, it's like a multiversal convergence. It really um, is. Uh, maybe I've been watching too much Rick and Morty. I don't know. It's like uh, things, it's things are just possible. overlapping. But, yeah, it's um, very possible, dude. But yeah, man. Look, I, I think. Uh, look, if you haven't listened to Freaky Friday yet, we can't be friends for a start. But no, we can. We can. You can redeem yourself by going and and uh, listening to our previous chats. It's kind of like rad. Same, um, you know, we talk shit, we slag Morrissey, and we talk horror. And yeah. this is just a, a small, minuscule um, preview of sorts, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we we, we got to do it. We got to do a nightmare rap on uh, listen. On let's Friday. Let's let's make a deal here. Our next episode. Let's do. Uh, well, not the next episode because we've already got that one mapped out. But the one after that, let's do a napalm week, right? A napalm week with Freaky Friday, uh, doing the Nightmare on Elm Street remake versus <laughs> the OG Nightmare on Elm Street, and then on Rad, <laughs> the long and 
anticipated Nolan Batman trilogy discussion. Okay. I'm just putting it out there. See, this is good because the way I see it is that, like, I've been having a fairly shitty run lately. So if I'm going to, like, do that, I'm going to be fairly harsh and brutal. So therefore, theoretically speaking, the universe will fuck with me and I'll have a really good couple of weeks before that. Yeah. So that's 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 my theory. Jay Greedy is that's back. My theory. <laughs> Napalm. I'm just going to call you Jake Napalm. I'll just, I'll just be in way too good a mood, and I'll just be like, "Hey, oh, yeah, Nolan, Batman wasn't that bad." I'll just play. I'll, I'll play you some Morrissey. That'll change everything. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's fucking. It's, it's like fucking. I don't know. That Morrissey is like ele- the 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 musical version of electrodes on can your you, nuts can, or something. Listen, can you believe he headlined a fucking goth festival in LA the other week? I can't believe anything about Morrissey, let alone that anyone would call him goth. Like, I'm just like, was was Andrew Eldritch not answering his phone that week or something? Was was Robert Smith fucking? Did Robert Smith have COVID or something like that? What was going on? I'm asking these questions and I don't have an answer, and I'm too scared to watch any video footage because I'm scared that I'll pull on a polyester shirt and just start fucking banging my head against the wall dude i just if you're gonna have a goth festival why the fuck would you invite morrissey like out of everyone like it's just not a good idea like where's Susie sue where's fucking you know i don't know anybody like the yeah sisters of mercy give us a watered down version of alien sex fiend crew shadows fucking the spinal tap that is christian death what was where where was peter murphy you know (laughs) yeah dude like there there are there are alternatives boys and girls there's a fuckload of alternatives like yeah some fucking i don't know some little fucking goth kid playing shitty guitar in their garage is a better choice than Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, we're really going to hell for this, aren't we? Uh, no, no, no. I, I don't believe we are. I, I believe like slagging Morrissey is like the, the quickest way to a heavenly reward. Well, possibly, but I was just thinking of hell in the sense of we end up in hell and we're fucking bound and tortured listening to, yeah, the subjugation of listening to fucking Morrissey records on repeat and every video performance and film clip to go with it yeah probably it's yeah that's definitely that would be hell that's like yeah i mean and wearing polyester at the same note you know just yeah it just <laughs> yeah <laughs> anywho i'll do rad things let's talk about rad things what what rad things have you got this for us this week oh my god fuck me i just read the first two issues of uh batman beyond the white knight Ooh, fuck me, man. Okay, Tasty treat. People, if you have not read uh, Sean Murphy's White Knight series, it's mm-hmm. like, it's an alt- complete alternate reality Batman take on like everything. It is fucking masterful. The art is amazing. Um, I think we've had, oh Jesus, what have we had? Two series? Yes. Uh, we've had two, yes, two mini it series. Is, it is part of a ongoing series. Yeah, there's been two mini series that follow each other a Harley Quinn spin off mini series, um, a couple of one shots, and now we're into the third series, which is 
Um, I think it's leapt forward probably about 10, 15 years in the future. Awesome, man. And it's a dark, um, it's a dark series, isn't it? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's an Elseworlds series. So it's right. like an alternate reality. Awesome. But it's, it's really, um, it's, it's fairly dark and gritty, but also very grounded. Like there's not okay. a lot of, um, uh, that's the best way to put it. Um, well, there's no, like, there's not a lot of Justice League or Superman stuff in there. It's pretty gotcha. much solely focused on Batman and the Bat family. Awesome. And there's a lot of, um, uh, what, 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 what am I trying to say here? Um, no, there's a lot of familiar, there's a lot of familiar Batman stuff in there. Cool. Like there's stuff like Azrael, um, you know, Joker torturing Jason Todd and stuff like that. Hell yeah. Uh, a lot of very familiar, like, key Batman history moments that yep. are just kind of filtered through this kind of alternate lens. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, like, this current series is, like, you know, 15 or so years since the last one, and it's introducing Terry McGinnis and Batman Beyond into it, which is really fucking cool. That's fucking dope, dude. That is um, fucking cool. Yeah, man, like, you know, um, like the, um, the second series had, like, Azrael in there and stuff like that. Um, yeah, dude, it's just fucking great. It is such a great, really innovative series because, like, you're seeing all this stuff that you know. Like, you're like, oh, okay, Azrael, yeah, he's going to replace Batman. But there's just all these little cool twists on it and stuff like that. Um, yeah, just, ah, oh, it's so, so cool. Like, you know. Nightwing's in there, Batgirl, um, Red Hood. Uh, they're introducing a new Robin, which is going to be really, really interesting. Oh, that's cool. Um, like, yeah, it's very fucking cool and very worth reading. I like that, man. That's really cool. Fucking compelling, dude. Yeah, because I've seen it on the shelf and I'm going, oh, this looks great. Um, I can't say, well, I don't know. I read, uh, I, I, I'm intrigued to read. I finished reading Captain America Zero. Um, oh, which yeah. leads into the two new Captain America titles, Sentinel of Liberty and the other Captain America. Um, so it's basically Sam Wilson getting his own Captain America storyline yeah. again and Steve Rogers, um, Captain America. But this one is basically just, you know, uh, a great, just a really good feel-good team-up between the two. Yeah. Uh, taking on... Uh, um, Dude, fuck me. I've just had the biggest brain fart. I fuck you, Morrissey. You've just fucking fucked with my head. Um, help me out here. Bar- not Baron Zemo, the big robot dude with the face in the middle of his chest. Oh, um, Zola. Zola, thank you. Peas in a pod. I knew I could always count on you. So <laughs> they're taking on Zola, who's hatched a fucking plot to to um, basically turn the whole whole of America into a bunch of mini Zolas. And he has this massive rocket ship that's been hiding in this building for God knows how long. And um, basically, yeah, it's kind of a recap of the Captain America, Bucky jumping on the rocket ship um, before it fat- fatally episode but uh but with a more happy ending bit more triumphant just a real america fuck yeah kind of vibe yeah (laughs) it's just a straight up feel good vibe but it's the artwork that just takes it to the nth degree that makes you fucking happy as a fan so which is weird because i don't normally 
purchased Captain America, but I saw it on the shelf and I was intrigued and I flicked through it and went, Oh my god, this artwork's gorgeous and Yeah. Yeah, I just I was there and it was it was great good fun read. Yeah, what else did I read? Um uh I'm trying to think now, because I've read a bunch of stuff this week. Uh I finished Devil's Reign, which was pretty fucking cool. Dude, I wish I jumped on that one, but I was just like oh, collecting too many titles. Slow down, boys, slow down. But that looks really fun. Oh, dude, it was really good. Um, yeah, just just a really good like I, I, I get a bit kinky with like events nowadays because I've had so many that I've like gone, Oh, this should be cool, read it and just gone, Ugh. What a waste of fucking time and money. Yeah, like, oh, wow, I've just committed to six issues of this, like yeah. half a dozen three-issue miniseries, yeah. five one-shots, and it's just kind of pointless. War and you feel of like Realms. an absolute fuckbag. Yeah, War of Realms, I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh, God, I'm glad I didn't go there. Yeah, but uh, Devil's it... Reign looks like one – sorry to cut you off. Devil's Reign looks like one of the best – Marvel storylines they've put out in some time. Would I be wrong in saying yeah, that? Yeah, dude, it is. And I think it's because it's um it's pretty much, you know, a continuation of Daredevil events, basically. And Daredevil is just one of those comics that is just consistently really fucking good. Yeah. Like it he, just, he's think, enjoying a good run over the last ten years. Oh, dude, I just think like um probably the last twenty years, honestly. Yeah, I, I honestly yeah, I think it. Yep. I honestly think Daredevil has just become one of those characters and titles that just brings out the best in whoever's on it. Um, Like, yeah. And Devil's Reign was just such a great, like, it's a great Kingpin story. It's a great Daredevil story. Um, Luke Cage is now the mayor of New York City, which is fucking cool. um, And completely unexpected. That is awesome. Um. Yeah, it's just there's some really good shit in there. Um, Fuck yeah. There's there's some stuff in there that kind of makes me. There's an interesting thing that I've found with Marvel is that there seems to be this kind of trend where certain plots and stuff from the '90s and shit will kind of get recycled but done differently. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole thing. Uh, I won't spoil it, but no, that's all right. the, the world winds up thinking that Matt Murdock is dead again, which they kind of <laughs> did way back in Fall from Grace. Um, so it's like, oh, I've kind of seen this before, but it's a slightly, it's a slightly different take on the whole series of events. And, um, yeah, pretty, pretty fucking cool. Um, also Spider-Man has been really fucking good. Um, like the whole the whole Beyond storyline with Ben Riley coming back and taking over as Spidey just finished. It is, it is legit good, dude. It's really good. Um, it's a really good solid um story that kind of does the whole Ben Riley as Spider Man thing justice. Um, yeah. has a really shitty ending. Um, not in a not in like oh the ending sucked, but like the oh that fucking sucked kind of thing. Like uh oh, I didn't want that to happen. Um poor old Ben, he just can't catch a break. Oh man. That's crazy dude. But, um and then yeah, uh I read um the new uh 
new Spidey issue one, which was really interesting and um, like in a good, interesting way, or yeah, all right, kind of in it because I read the last issue of the Beyond story, which was the final issue of the previous Spidey run, um, right? Which you know kind of had a happy ending, like you know Pete and MJ are, are all back together, Pete's all good, and okay. And, you know, you're kind of like, oh, yay. And then there's like this weird sort of thing that happens at the end where you're going, oh, okay, what was that? And then you get Spidey number one and it's like, okay, some shit has gone down. Pete and MJ aren't together. Everyone seems to fucking hate Peter and Spider-Man. Like some shit. It's really interesting and I'm really fucking curious to see where it goes. Um, and they're using Tombstone as a bad guy again, which is kind of Fuck cool. Yeah. We haven't seen him for fucking ages. You know, I haven't read T- Tombstone in years, and I think Tombstone is a, a very underrated and very cool bad guy character. Well, yeah, man. Like, I remember in the 80s um, when they kind of introduced him and, like, uh, back in, like, when Spectacular Spider-Man was, like, a, a yeah. you know, one of the big titles. Yep, I remember um, that. And, like, yeah, Tombstone was, like, you know, he was, like, one of the main sort of villains. Because I remember Spectacular was very much a, a sort of more crime-based thing. Like, they used a lot of stuff with Silvermane and Hammerhead and, you know, a lot of the uh, Kingpin and stuff like that. Cloak and Dagger were always in there and the Punisher and shit like that. So it was very much a kind of crime-based sort of Spidey book. It was a way more street-level, less supervillains kind of shit. Um, and, yeah, Tombstone was such a big fucking staple of of that series so it's kind of cool to see him getting brought back and uh being used as um you know kind of the main bad guy so to speak yeah absolutely man it's a fucking it's a cool development and i'm all kinds of curious because like with spider-man i i kind of just got completely lost with what was going on i I didn't have the faintest clue of what was happening and it just got me all kinds of confusion I just didn't dare look at what was going on. So um, I'm kind of glad that you've sort of got a bit of faith in, in the storyline. Yeah. Well, see, man, I jumped back on after um, I kind of dropped out for a while with the whole, I, I dropped out after uh, one more day. Cause I just, that pissed me right off. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, I, I just, I was really pissed off at the whole Pete and MJ's marriage getting completely retconned out and shit like that. I was not a fan of it. So I kind of bailed on that. And then I sort of would drop in every now and then and, you know, be like, oh, what's going on? Oh, okay. Now it's Superior Spider-Man and Doc Ox in Peter's body. And what the fuck am I even reading? Um, you know, to be fair, that was a pretty good run from what I've heard. I haven't read all of it, but what I have read was like, okay, this is really interesting. It's like way better than the concept would suggest. Um, but yeah, once that ended and we just got back to like, you know, Pete being Spider-Man, I sort of jumped back on there and have stuck with it for the last few years. And it's been pretty fucking good. Like it's been really cool. Um, so yeah, um, I'm really, and I, I love that they brought Ben Riley back because I, Ben Riley's a that. cool character. Yeah, like the whole the whole spider clone saga thing is often derided and it did go on way too long and get really fucking shark jumpy in spots. But mm. there was that whole period there where Ben actually took over as Spidey and got that fucking sweet ass costume. Yeah. Um Ben was a lot was, of fun. Yeah, it was really fun. It was really, really cool. Um 
And yeah, I'm, it was really neat to see him back in a variation of the Spider-Man costume that was also really fucking cool. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad he got a, a um, I'm glad he kind of got a good send off. Um, yeah. Even though he's still around in a slightly different capacity and has kind of gone super villain, which is like, oh, but I like Ben. I don't want him to be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the development with um, Miles Morales, um, the Shadow of the Spider. I think it's mm. coming up. The, the yeah. evil evil version of Miles Morales in the uh, alternate universe thing. I mean, look, I don't know if it's a tired storyline that's being, you know, regurgitated on repeat or what, but I think it's an interesting story worth checking out. Mm. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, Spider-Man is, uh, I'm, I'm glad it doesn't sound like a completely convoluted universe because I was kind of, I wasn't on the bandwagon, but then I was completely off the bandwagon when I saw him get into that horrendous white outfit, and I just went, dude, what the fuck is going on here? Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I just got completely confused. So, yeah, but um, uh, I read the latest issue of She-Hulk. Oh, is that good? Uh, it is great. It's awesome. Um I'm loving where they're taking She-Hulk. They're taking She-Hulk back to the glory days of the 80s and potentially 90s, uh, where she's, you know, the the high fashion, just Cosmo, you know, super-powered, uh, gamma-powered friggin' She-Hulk. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah, but from humble beginnings, because she's at rock bottom. She has no money. She has, you know, she's basically, you know, um, Jan Dine... Uh, the wasp is, you know, given her one of her apartments and it's still got all of uh, Jen Walters uh, clothes in it from, you know, way back when. So, you know, she's kind of rebuilding herself from the ground yeah. up. Um, and again, you know, I'll reflect on issue one. It was such a great read, such a wonderful read. The battle between her and Titania was um, fantastic. Um, it was just really fun because it was a kind of fight that uh, it wasn't like your typical, oh yeah, beat him up and here comes the winner. It was more like a, they reached the end of this battle and they went, oh, why are we doing this? And they just made an agreement. We'll have like a bit of a fight club. We'll meet up here at a certain time every so often and just blow some steam and punch cool. the shit out of each other. It was great. So now issue three takes us into Jack of Hearts territory. Um, Jack of Hearts is back. He's back from the dead. Uh, he didn't really die, uh, which I didn't know anything about. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's back to the uh, Avengers disassembled days. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, and um, yeah, it's it's all kinds of interesting. But man, the the relationship between him and She Hulk is developing nicely. Uh, where that goes, I don't know. Um, but yeah, look, man, honestly, I love where this comic book's going and I love the fact that uh, I don't know if it was on purpose or what, but the TV series for She-Hulk is now going to be She-Hulk attorney at law. So that trailer looked really good. Like it looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. And you know what? I wasn't even turned off by the weird CGI graphics that everyone's been talking about. Yeah, but that's one of those things where it's like, it's fucking man, this reminds me of when, 
the very first Hulk movie came out and every, like the trailer came out and everyone's like, oh, the fucking CG looks shit. And it's just like, mm. that's because it's unfinished. It's not exactly. fucking done. Like they're, they're going to be, wor- they will work on that shit right mm. up to the fucking day of release. Yeah. And it's like, it, it feels like studio, like, I, and I don't want to sit here and say, oh, poor Marvel. Everyone's picking on them. Yeah. Because I pick on Marvel all the time, but it's yeah. like, you gotta give it a fucking do it for a valid reason. The thing is, it's like these people are all all under pressure. Like, there's all this pressure from nerds mm. to oh, where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? I mean, I've been seeing for the last fucking how many months? Oh, where's the new Thor trailer? Why hasn't oh, it come out yet? Dude, Why? Where's wind, the wind. Thor trailer? Where's yeah. the Thor? It's like for fuck's sake! Like, are you serious? Like, yeah. But, and, and same with She-Hulk. It's like, you know, everyone's like, oh, where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? Where's the trailer? And it's like, oh, well, you, they fuck it. you whinge at them enough, they give you a trailer, and then you bitch about it. Dude, I was content just with that small teaser that they gave us with that little six, uh, three-second glimpse of her of her rear, you know, like yeah. her just landing on her feet and standing up because I was just like, oh, my God, iconic She-Hulk pose coming up. Yeah. You know, I was happy with that, and I would have stayed happy with that till the series came out. Mm. Oh, dude, exactly. I, I mean, I'm kind of at the point now where it's just like, no, just, you know what? Give me one trailer, like mm. Mm. maybe three or four months before the movie comes out and that's it. I'm sick to death of multiple trailers. I'm Thank sick of, you. I'm sick of teasers for trailers. Yep. I'm sick of teasers for teaser trailers. Yep. Like, I just, I want to go back to like, you know, the 80s and 90s where it's like you got maybe one, maybe two trailers at the most. At most, and that was it. That's all you got until and, the movie. And that something I'll talk about later when we talk about this week's movie as well. Yeah. But I, man, I'm cool with that trailer for She-Hulk. I'm like, what yeah, look, I, know, I know they're going to like fix up the digital stuff on that. I mean, okay, the actual Hulk looks fine in it. But yep. it's like, well, they've been doing fucking CG Hulks for like how many years now? Since exactly. 2012. He's like, an established much- character. They've got that shit nailed, man. Mm. So they don't have to worry about it. Whereas, like, She-Hulk's a newer character that they're introducing. They're obviously going to tweak the effects on that. So everyone, calm their fucking tits. It'll be fine. Calm your tits. Go listen to some Morrissey and shut the fuck up. But um, (laughs) so uh, did you you, uh, hear the big Daredevil news this week? I heard rumors, but I didn't read into it. But I know that. Good old Charlie Cox is um, putting on the cowl again and coming back. Yeah, we're getting a new Daredevil continuation of Netflix Daredevil over at Disney Plus. And I think um, that's fantastic news. Ah, oh, I'm, I'm like, that's fucking awesome because more like I I would feel better about it if they were bringing back the showrunners. Yeah, because yeah. like I'm like. Oh, that's going to be so fucking awesome because it's like I think Daredevil is still like the best oh, fucking TV series Marvel have ever done. You, um, are you with me, Daredevil? When that thing hit, it changed the game. Oh, dude, for sure. It was just like because for me, it's like this. It was everything I wanted to see for a more serious Marvel yeah. show. It's Absolutely. like it, it was fucking the tone was perfect. Yep. It was fucking great. Um, 
it was just it that TV series is to this day still amazing. I was rewatching it a few weeks back, and it's just like this still fucking just hits like a bomb. Yeah. Um, I'm just worried because it's like with everything with Moon Knight, I'm like, oh, don't go there with Daredevil, please. Like, don't give us stupid, stumbly, foggy Nelson or something like that. Yeah, I, look, there is those concerns because we mm. are we are living in an age where Mickey Mouse is pulling the strings yeah. on Marvel and, you know, it's... It's hard to tell what sort of production we're going to get. Are we going to get the Daredevil that we've grown to love from Netflix, or are we going to see a pale version? Mm. You know, I'm sure we'll get a great version, but you know, will it be as gritty and violent that the fans adored um, from previous? You know, and and the, I think that goes the same with um, the Punisher as well. You know, yeah. Like, we have to see, please, for the love of God, if you're going to bring Daredevil back, bring back the Punisher too. Well, I mean, theoretically, it's like, okay, if you're continuing the Netflix series, then you're mm. basically saying, okay, the Netflix series happened in the Marvel MCU continuity. Yeah. And since the Daredevil Netflix series was so tied in with the Punisher and Luke Cage, Jessica Jones and Iron Fist, it's like, well stands to reason they all exist there as well yeah. so you know um yeah like it's kind of like well i don't know i don't know how it's a sticky wicket to fucking yeah. get around like if you, you know ignore I'll, everything i will also say um and slightly prematurely of me to say this it, regardless of the fact that i haven't seen series two um because series one left such a sour taste on my mouth but if they're going to do a reboot Please do a reboot of Iron Fist. Yeah, I'm um, like I'm just all for clean that. that clean that mess up. That was yeah. A, like I enjoyed it, but dude, seriously, like we don't need drama. If we want drama, we'll go watch fucking NYPD Blue or any of those other fucking shows that deal uh, specifically did, in drama. I, I got to say, I honestly did not enjoy Iron Fist at all. No. I've, I, I watched to. it, but I seriously, I fucking zoned out halfway Same. through season one, and I was just, Same. I was doing anything else. I just had it going in the background just to yep. get through it. I'm and, exactly you know, I, I was sort of half watching it, like just waiting for some moment where it was like, oh, okay, this could be good. And it just wasn't at all. Yep. It was like Luke Cage was great. I thought Luke great Cage was show. fucking fantastic. Great soundtrack, great show. Yeah. Um, I thought Jessica Jones was really fucking well done and really yeah. good. Um, it was cool. Yeah. But Iron Fist was just, it was the dud of the bunch, man. It was so just boring. Like, and... Whoever the fucking writers were for that show, shoot them. Yeah. They were probably Morrissey fans. There was like, literally, I, I okay. There was literally one moment in Iron Fist I liked, and it was that flashback to World War Two. I saw that in the trailer, saw, and that like, was the only thing that made me interested in series. Yeah, seeing it's series like two. literally that was the best part of it, where you see Orson Randall beating the fuck out of Nazis uh, in the full proper World War Two Iron Fist outfit and everything, and it was like, yeah, that's fucking cool. Uh, yeah, why isn't the rest of the show like that? Yeah, I know, right? Like, why why fucking give us a teaser like that and then the rest of the show give us this fucking whiny fucking... I, I won't even say pretty boy. Just give us this whiny fucking bitch. 
just mm. whinging about woe is me, where's my mummy and daddy? You know, it's like I, I think we talked about this on a previous episode, but dude, it was just such a whiny piece of trash. When you've got this guy that has the insane martial arts skills, can kick the shit out of you, and then pulverize you to an atom with that fucking iron fist punch. Well, and the thing with Danny Rand is too, like if anyone's read the comics, it's like he is a really fun character. He like, is. He's he's got charm, he's got a sense of humor, he's like he's like fucking kung fu fucking Batman or something like that. He like really he's, is. A, he's a rich dude. But yep. he's got a big sense of fun. Like, there's a reason why him and Luke Cage team up all the time and are such a great duo together. Absolutely. Like Luke's the angry dude. Danny's yep. the calm, fucking fun-loving dude. Fucking like, dude. like, you know, they, they work well together. They bounce off each other. They're like fucking Riggs and Murtagh. Like, you know. Yeah, man. They and, really are. Like, he just was not that character in the show. He no. was just such a fucking whiny, po-faced, charmless fucking simp he really was man like i mean personality I, I mean i don't know who the fucking who the fucking casting thought it was a great idea to cast that dude as danny rand i mean as soon as i saw the hairstyle i just i know it's a small detail but for me as soon as i saw the hairstyle i went "Ooh, that's a red alert right there yeah i was the same i was like that's not like uh, yeah no not buying it <laughs> like it's like a great you know it's like a great chef said recently on UK MasterChef, details. Details are everything. Yeah. You know? And for a fan, details are everything. Give us the mask with the, you know, give us the iconic mask. Give us the wit. Give us the fun. Uh, you know, that's, they're the, to me, they're small details and not a big ask from a fan perspective. No, no, not at all. Like... And we're not, we're, we're not saying, you know, transcribe the, the fucking the comic book note for note onto the screen. We're just saying, give us the variation, but give yeah. it with the, the color and the look that it, that made it so appealing in the well, first place. I think just keep the spirit of the character intact. Fucking A, dude. Like, you know, keep the spirit. Like you, 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 you nailed it with Daredevil. You nailed it with um, Luke Cage. You nailed it with Jessica Jones. Like, Punisher. you know, and you just completely missed the boat with Iron Fist. It was just mm. like, eh, just not. Nah. Yeah, it's it's one of the most disappointing moments in uh, in Marvel, I think. But um, yeah, I mean, even the Defenders was. Um, I mean, were you a fan of Defenders? I was, but I'm I'm such a fucking hardcore, died in the wall Daredevil nerd. Yeah, that I could overlook some of the less cool stuff in Defenders because it's like, oh, it's dead. It was. It's Electra. It's yeah. fucking rad. Um, yeah, I mean, it was... It was there were moments in there. Yeah, well, there, there were moments in there in the trailer where I was like, you know, where you see, like, Luke Cage and, and Iron Fist side by side. And I'm just like, oh, maybe they'll get it right. And it's like, yeah, no, they didn't. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it was really sad. I mean, visually, it's cool to see Luke Cage and Iron Fist side by side, but then it's just like they just like they they fucked up Iron Fist's personality so much. Even Luke Cage didn't like him. <laughs> it's like, come on, you know? yeah, like come on, what are you what are you doing, guys? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe read an Iron Fist comic or two before you like. I mean, well, read read Matt yeah. Faction's fucking run. It was awesome. 
Yeah, th- that's how I feel too, man. And and I'm, you know, I'm all kinds of curious with, uh, you know, what they're going to do with even characters like Shang Chi as well. Mm. Um, it'll be great to see a universe where he's integrated on the small screen as well, you know, because. Um, I don't know. I mean, you, you look at some of the great TV shows of the past, like Kung Fu with David Carradine mm. and, uh, you know, just that great weekly fun of ass kicking and compelling storylines. Um, it'd be really cool to have something like that with, you know, Shang-Chi or, or Iron Fist. Um, it's highly achievable. Well, that's the thing. It's like when I saw Shang-Chi, I was like, oh, my God, this is I thought Shang-Chi was fucking great. Like, it I was, thought that was man. absolutely it... awesome. But I'm watching it. I'm just going like, how can you get this so right and fuck Iron Fist up so badly? <laughs> yeah, like, funny. how how did you manage that? Because you nailed it here. Yeah. And then with Iron Fist, you just like, what? I don't know. Fucking Kunlun was a bit too hard to fucking achieve. They, like they, they could have given us a real Game of Thrones epic Kunlun Kung Lun in the TV well, series. Yeah, like you could have done all the immortal weapons, yep. like all the all the other immortal weapons and stuff Absolutely. like that. But it's like, no, you just kind of went, nah. Yeah, it was um, very, very poor decisions on their part. But hey, look, one can be optimistic and hope that um, as as the, you know, time ticks on, they will, you know, slowly rectify some of these, you know, less than memorable errors and uh I, iron fist shit. to me is kind of like when um you know when the tv dies in the simpsons and bart and lisa are just sitting there going fix it fix it fix it fix yeah. it yeah yep that was iron fist to me <laughs> yeah yeah totally man it's crazy how we always end up on these marvel tracks crazy um yeah i feel like maybe we should just like do a marvel fucking review <laughs> or deep dive episode <laughs> one of these days or something because we always wind up here that'd be fun yeah, um, but cool. I mean, so I guess it's like you know, there's not really too much to talk about with DC at this point since they still don't yeah. seem to know what the fuck they're doing. Actually, let me tell you, I did read and purchase Death of the Justice League '75. Oh, I've got that, but I haven't read it yet. I got it just for the simple reason, even though I don't collect Justice League, I got it because I love the cover, and it just took me back to Death of Superman, that issue '75 of Superman, where he yeah. Died. Um, I just brought me back to that, and it's um it's basically a prelude to a, a saga that's about to crack open in DC called Dark Crisis. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, it um it was great. It was good fun read. Um, I love seeing you know anything with Black Adam is always a it, always a good day for me. So um yeah, I mean th- th- this was a, a a pretty cool issue. Um. Yeah, the the characters, um, yeah, just another fucking, oh my god, the fucking the end is coming, and the JLA is getting picked off one by one, basically, and yeah, it's it's pretty kind of morbid in some in in some aspects. I kind of wish it was a bit more gruesome, but um, that's just me. But, mm-hmm. um, it was good, good fun. I enjoyed it. And, Actually, I'm yeah. I'm reading um a really really good Batman miniseries at the moment called uh, Batman Killing Time, which is written Ooh. by Tom King. Um, look, it's not, there's nothing super remarkable about it, except it's just a really good, solid Batman detective story. Like, yeah. Catwoman, Sometimes that's good. 
it is man it is it's like the art's fantastic um and it's basically like catwoman and riddler have pulled this heist um with the penguin and they've fucked over the penguin riddler's almost beaten him to death the penguin's got this um like fixer called the help that just comes in and he's just like badass as all fuck shoots riddler in the gut Beats the living shit out of Batman. Because, um, like, you know, you find out as they're fighting that, like, this guy is trained, like, people that have trained Batman, like, you know, Richard Dragon, Ducard, a whole bunch of other people. And it's just it's just a really solid, good mystery detective. It's only three issues in so far, and I'm really looking forward to seeing where it's going. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. That sounds it's, good. That yeah, sounds man. Good it's fun, it's man. really good. It's it's like, it's not reinventing the wheel. It's not like, oh my God, this is like, you know. But it's just one of those ones where it's like, if you had someone who hadn't read a Batman comic, I feel like this is going to be one of those ones where it's like, hey, read this. It's really mm-hmm. good. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a good, solid Batman story. That sounds cool, man. I, I like that. Um that's the excitement of Batman. Sometimes we deliver these fucking gem storylines and you don't necessarily need all the fucking um, crazy flamboyant action. Sometimes you just need a, a damn good detective story. Oh man. Yeah. And I mean, I, I fucking, I tell you what, there is a fuckload of Batman comics at the moment. Cause I, I, I got, I haven't gotten any comics for a little while. Yeah. Um, and I caught up on everything recently and I'm just like my pile of, Batman and Batman related shit to read is just like holy fuck. Yeah, fuck yeah, dude. That's cool. Yeah, it's it's mental, man. There's a there's a lot. Um I've heard people whinge about the amount of Batman stuff out there at the moment. So yeah, it's pretty mental, man. So yeah. But a lot of it's really good. That's the thing. Like there's a lot of it that's really solid. Like, um, you know, I'm reading it. It's just like, you know, oh, it's, it, it, there's not a lot of, like, shit there that's just like, oh, this is pointless. Like, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, it's good. It's, um, yeah, it, it's cool, man. There's some there's some good quality stuff coming out, uh, you know, with DC as well. Like, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to the Black Adam series that's coming out. Um, I have no doubt that that is going to be a, tri- a triumphant read of sorts. I'm really digging the Flash at the moment. Real? Yeah. Well, I I'm loving the fact that Wally West is back as the Flash because it's like I, you know, when I really got into the Flash back in the '80s, like I always loved the Flash because like fucking cool as fuck costume. Yeah, yeah. Like awesome character, awesome powers. Um, when I got like right into the flash in the eighties, it was just after crisis and Barry Allen had died. And like my, my only exposure to Barry had been like a few issues here and there and him being in the justice league and stuff like that. So I wasn't a huge fan of Barry Allen as the flash. Like I liked the character, but I wasn't like, Oh my God, I love him. He's awesome. Um, and I always liked kid flash. Like I always liked Wally West as kid flash. Um, and then when he took over as the Flash, like, was when I started reading it. And I just fucking loved that character. And then, like, Mark Wade's run in the 90s just completely defined the character and made him just absolutely awesome. And just, you know, a grounded, relatable, down-to-earth dude. Um, and then Jeff Johns's run was equally as fucking great. Um, and then, yeah, you know, 52, ha- new 52 happened and all that sort of stuff. And they brought Barry back and Wally just fucking vanished into the ether. 
And it's just been really awesome to have him back as the main Flash for the DC universe while Barry's off fucking tripping around the multiverse doing whatever the fuck he's doing. So it's just been really fucking cool to have Wally back as the Flash. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's good fun, man. Like, uh, I, I haven't read too much of the new stuff of the Flash, but, uh, you know, reading a lot of a lot of the stuff that you've just mentioned, a lot of the tradebacks and stuff at the library is, yeah, it's good fun, man. Like, oh, man, yeah. Like, yeah. seriously, if if you can read, like, I think they've collected all of Mark Wade's stuff so yeah, far because yeah, I've got have. them all. Yeah. Um, Mark, Flash by Mark Wade and Flash by Jeff Johns is just, like, everything great about that character is in all those trades. I think there's, like, 10 or so all up or something like that. But, yeah, dude, fuck, it's so good. Like, yeah, if it's, like, yeah, if if I was going to give someone something like to read, like flash wise, to say, hey, this is everything cool about this character, it would be those two runs without a doubt. Fuck yeah, dude! No, that's that's dope as shit, man. Um, oh, fuck, what else did I read? Uh, the new um, Project Superpowers from Dynamite. Oh, is that good? Dude, um, Fractured States, I think it's called. Um, yeah. Fantastic. Good start. I mean, you know, a little bit slow paced, but uh, we're basically given, you know, one of those classic uh, super powered dudes that's just come, you know, just woken from a deep coma that has no memory, doesn't know what, who he is, where he is, why he is, all that sort of thing. And, um, yeah, shit's going south in the world. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. But um, yeah, I, I was a fan of Project Superpowers. I liked, uh, you know, I, I, I'm a sucker for the World War Two nostalgia period. Yeah, superheroes being brought back to modern times. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm all kinds of curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I've got um, I've got about three new issues of Radiant Black and two new issues of Rogue Sun to dive into yet. So... Rogue Sun's great, man. Two and three, fucking great. I... I'm really looking forward to reading those. I'm enjoying it. It's a good series. Good in the sense of, look, you've got this you've got this kid that's been, you know, given these powers and he actually doesn't want them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, I won't give too much away, but it, it's a bit of a murder mystery because, you know, he's on this quest to find out who the fuck killed his dad. Um, and, you know, he's, you know, his stepbrother and brother and sister are basically going, why, why is a loser like you, you know, how did you get dad's powers and not us? You know, this is yeah. bullshit. And it's just, I don't know, man, it's. I like it. It's it's a slightly original story that um, is going places. I'm I'm happy with the artwork and um, yeah, dude, it's it's good fun, man. I yeah, cool. Highly recommended read. Yep, um, but I haven't read Radiant Black. It, good series, huh? Oh, dude, it is uh, like man, yeah, it's really fucking good. It's just it's really cool. It's like it, it, it's. <sighs> It just it hits all the fucking buttons for me because it's like, you know, it's there's some really good um, change ups and surprises in the story where you're just cool. like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Cool. cool. Um, it's very much the characters, very much like a 
it reminds me of that great era of like nineties sort of DC where they were bringing in a lot of younger sort of everyman characters. Nice. Like, you know, yeah. It's very much got that Kyle Rayner, Green Lantern, like nice. the Ray damage, yep. um, you know, Superboy kind of vibe to it. Um, it's, there's a lot of, you know, science and space nerdery in there, which is kind of, you know, a bit of my jam as well. Um, you know, a lot of like, you know, cool kind of um astronomy kind of shit as well like mixed in there like you know nice. the guy's basically got a fucking black hole as his superpower which is kind of wow cool. um, and um yeah just it's just a really fun cool fucking series where it's like you know really high concept but really grounded relatable characters which is always a fucking winner that's always a winner dude good times but um yeah man no very very much worth reading i i highly recommend it fuck yeah dude cool cool i'm i'm down for that um speaking of superboy i i checked out the latest issue of superboy it was great and uh man it was uh yeah i'm liking where that storyline's going there's there's a good there's a good um plot developing there yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really keen to see where that's all heading as well. Um, especially with this whole dark crisis thing coming mm. up. Like, um, and I've also got, um, oh, what have I got to read? I've got a the first five or six parts of uh, Shadow War, which is the big Batman Deathstroke crossover. Um, yep. Which I'm really keen to because Deathstroke is just my dude. Like, I fucking love that character so much. Um, yeah, so keen to see where that happens, even though it's uh, what happens with that. Right, sorry. Even yeah. though it's got um, Damien Wayne as Robin in there. <laughs> I'm hoping he gets, like, I don't know, a sword through the face or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, man, totally, totally. <laughs> Detestable little shit. <laughs> little shit. <laughs> oh, dude, good times, good times. Uh, it's good that uh, comic comics, uh, you know, kicking goals week in, week out. We're we're loving life. Um, and yeah, this week we we're, we're going to talk about a pretty dang cool movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, we had a bit of um, debate over... My, my we prime directive won't let me introduce this movie, so <laughs> it's up to you. <laughs> Your move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Um, yeah, look, we we love talking about these movies and these flashbacks. And 1987, we're moving on a year from... Uh, and before, before I get into that, um, dude, check out my latest Happy Days. I have a bit of a... Ch- about um the new Top Gun film. Oh yeah, I saw I saw that you and um you and Dan, yeah. Dan, um yeah, m- movies uh movie review of Dan Jensen, um fucking great YouTube channel, great guy. Uh, movie talk, sorry, with Dan Jensen. Um yeah, I you know when I saw his post about his excite excitement of the the movie, I was like, dude, I feel the same way, and we're just like, man, let's let's bro bro chat on this one, and um yeah, it's. Honestly, I, I won't go into it. I'll just say, listen to the Happy Days episode and you'll get the full recap. But basically, I'm talking about what I consider quite possibly has the greatest sequel ever made, possibly. Sweet. Or one of the greatest sequels ever made. 
That's all I got to say. <laughs> um, what's great about it is the fact that it's it's CGI free. Um, if it if there's any CGI in it, it's very minimalistic, but it's all real time special effects. That is top um, Tom Cruise fucking getting, you know, thrown back in the, in his seat fucking at Mach ten. Um, yeah, it's there's some cool shit in there, and um, yeah, it's it's a movie that you have to see on the big screen. Period. Yeah, well, I think I'm, I'm taking one of my uh, partners to see it next week. I think you'll, we're you'll gonna go it. and catch it. Yeah. Uh, possibly next Thursday or Friday. I think is um, the plan at the moment. I loved it that much that I'm thinking I need to go see it in 4DX somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fucking great. Um, so yes, um, good times. But this week we're we're moving on a year after Top Gun 1986, and we're going into 1987 and talking about. I don't even know where to start with this film. This... 1987 was such a fucking great year for movies. Like, I just want to say that. Like, yeah, it really. There was. was so many fucking great movies that came out in 1987. I feel like it was Agreed. like just a golden year for like cool shit. It just rocked. And uh, you, this this film uh, just really just yeah man kicked it to ten um, and it's just wow what a great idea what a great flick well I mean this kind of follows on because it's like it, technically speaking RoboCop is pretty much a fucking superhero movie like it it's it's a superhero movie crossed with like a bunch of other shit yeah. Because it's like, man, that, that part, like, I was desperate. Like, 1987, I was, like, 10. So, it's like, I was fucking, I was 10 or 11, one of the two, I can't remember. Uh, it was a long time ago, and I'm very old. Um, I was desperate to see this movie, man, because I saw the poster, and that fucking poster, holy shit, it is one of the It was fucking fantastic. Dude, it is one of the best posters and it just made it was it's one of the like one of my top posters of all time because it's like it just made me want to see that movie because it's like you've got this fucking cyborg robot dude in a suit of armor. You didn't know what the fuck he was, but he was like looked like a badass getting out of this cop car and it's just like the title's just like Robocop and it's like what the fuck? Like, could could you make a better movie for like kids to want to see? And it's like, oh, it's R rated. I don't care. I'm fucking watching this movie somehow. Like, yeah, fucking a dude. And it, such a good movie. Oh, dude. Like, and it was like all over. Like the promo for it was like all over the video stores and stuff like that. Like at the cinema and everything. And yeah, it was just. I was just completely in love with this movie before I even watched it. Like just from the poster, it was just like, I have to have this like in my life. Like what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. Fucking a man. It was, um, yeah. Um, I can't really remember too much about when I first saw it, but I got to say, man, what a, oh man, what a bomb bomb of a movie, man. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw it, I, um, my parents rented it on video um, and I was coming home from school. They said they were going to get it and I was just fucking desperate to watch it. So I was catching the bus home from school, fucking rushed my ass home to see it. And my dad, because he was a bit of a dick, mm. had started watching it without me. So I'd missed like 
most of the movie up to where it was just after Murphy had gotten killed. And I was like, come over from school. And I'm like, what the fuck? You started watching this without me? Like, <laughs> I've literally been talking about how much I want to see this movie for the last three months. Yeah. And you start without me. Fuck you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I watched the rest of that. Um, I think my mum even pirated me a copy and chucked it on the end of my Lost Boys video or something like that. Or is that no, it was Robocop and Back to the Future were taped together. Um, and yeah, dude, I flogged that video to death, like as a kid. Like, yeah, it just, it's just such a fucking banger of it. Like, it's, fucking funny as shit like the satire in this movie is just razor fucking sharp like it's just such a good skewer of that whole reagan era of america yeah absolutely man it was it it's just it's got a lot of that america fuck yeah shit going on but it's it's i don't know it's got so many cool elements behind it real just a real good cowboy fucking cop movie man well, what, with and a it's, fucking cyborg. That's the thing, man. It's it's essentially like, you know, it was only, it was like, you know, a few years later when I was like, you know, after watching this movie for years and years and years as a teenager and stuff like that, that it really clicked with me that it's like this movie is essentially Frankenstein. Yeah, like it's it's essentially like a way more hardcore sci-fi futuristic take on Frankenstein because it's like you know. This company creates this monster. They can't control it. He comes back to fucking, you know, basically sort out and take revenge on the company that created him and the people responsible for his creation and stuff like that. It's like, there's a big motherfucking Frankenstein allegory in this movie. Um, I know I've seen interviews with Paul Weller, uh, not Paul Weller, uh, Paul Verhoeven, who is uh, just a crazy person and just wonderful. Um, where he's like, oh, no, it's American Jesus. It's like, <laughs> okay, dude, you're Dutch and you're on a lot of drugs, I'm pretty sure, but okay, whatever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, for me, it's it's a, it's a Frankenstein. It's essentially like, you know, there's a lot of horror in here. Um, That's a good analogy. It, it, well, yeah, and it really works because it's like, you know, you, you watch it and you sort of think back to, like, Frankenstein and stuff like that. It's like, there's a fuckload of Frankenstein moments in this movie. Um, but again, like you said, man, it's also a really great cop movie. Um, it's a really great action movie. It's a great sci-fi movie. There's some really funny moments in there. The cast are fantastic. It It's a great flick because it manages to balance so many different elements. Like, you know, there's great action in there. There's memorable characters that are funny as fuck even though you probably shouldn't be laughing at them because they're the bad guys and they're terrible yeah yeah totally um you know great lead characters like there's some really fucking deep pathos and stuff like that in there with murphy and you know him coming to grips with what he's become and stuff like that you know it's fucking violent as fuck the the satire in there like have you seen the direct have you seen the director's cut no, I, I need to. I really oh, need to. Dude, like, yeah, we we got it. We got to have a fucking beer or two and a watch party of. Yeah. I've got the director's cut on blue. Yeah, fucking Man, like, 
there is stuff in there where, like, you know where um they're doing the demonstration with Ed 209? Yes, I do remember Which, that. again, such a great fucking, great creation. Like, like yeah. Yeah, it really is, eh? Um, but where that dude, like, picks up the gun and has to drop it and then Ed 209 just fucking shreds him. That scene in the director's cut goes on for a good five to six minutes of Ed 209 just mincing this dude on the table. Like, it, it, it is excessive. And then, like, right at the end of it, like, when the guy yells out, will someone call a goddamn paramedic? It's fucking funny as shit because this guy is fucking paced. <laughs> like, yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Done for, man. Like... It's, like, excessively, like, the director's cut is way more violent. Like, Murphy's death is, like, really fucking grisly and way more violent than it was. And it was already pretty bad. Yeah, fuck um, yeah. But, yeah, no, man. The, the, yeah, the director's cut's fucking great. But it just imbalances a lot of stuff. And I think that's really cool. Like, it's not one thing or the other. Like, I, I really think, like, the script is great. Um, I think Verhoeven did a fucking great job. Peter Weller is amazing as like Murphy and Robocop. Like Yeah, he, he rules, man. Like I, I have to give full credit to, to him because man, not only did he play an awesome Robocop, but he gave us uh such a commanding performance and much like Michael Keaton wearing a bat suit, that fucking robot suit must have weighed a ton on him or, or uh, uncomfortable yeah. as fuck dude well i i've i've watched the making of a few times and right. dude like they shot that in uh houston i believe yeah um in summer and yeah he was losing uh, i think he said he was losing like two or three pounds a day just in sweat wearing yeah. that suit um, they had to put like fans in there and shit like that. And even that wasn't doing anything because he was wearing that fucking thing intense, dude. in summer, dude. Like, and he reckoned, yeah, it was, it was just hot as fuck. And I, I read most of the shots of um, Robocop in the police car showing him getting in and out. Um, he didn't actually fit into the police car in full costume. So when he was needing to be in the car for scenes, he wore the top part of the costume and sat in his underwear yeah, uh, yeah, just yeah, kind of yeah, crazy, yeah. dude. Um, I mean, yeah, points for dedication wearing this suit, but um, like the the creation of the the look of a RoboCop is just such a a beautiful, beautiful costume, man. Like, yeah, man, I yeah, think well, it's one of the most memorable things to come out of the eighties. Oh, dude, yeah, it's it's amazing. And um, apparently uh, when they were casting this, they were looking at a lot of guys like um, Schwarzenegger was considered, um, Stallone was considered, um, I think Dolph Lundgren might have wow. even been considered and stuff like that. That's crazy. But they basically went like, we need someone that's a slightly smaller frame for the costume because the costume was huge. And it was like, you know, you put that costume on someone like Arnold, like mm. he's fucking massive. Like, so, you know, they basically built the suit and then had to find an actor that could fit the suit um, rather than building the suit around the actor. Yeah. That um, makes sense. Mm. And um, yeah, I just think <sighs> Peter, Peter Weller just fucking nailed it, man. Like he was fantastic. Like, yeah, he was great. His voice just, 
you know, resonated so well in, in, you know, not only the look, but the voice that came with it. That's such mm. a crucial element that just adds to, to what he does. Well, and just, I think like also the physicality, cause I know he studied a lot of like Japanese dance and um, oh, right. bird movement and stuff like yep. that to like yep. capture the way Robocop would move and stuff like that. But I, I think the really great thing is it's like a lot of this movie, it's like, dude, you're, he's literally acting just with his mouth and his body like language. Yeah. Like, cause like, you know, right up until the end, until he like takes the helmet off and stuff like that. Like you don't really see his eyes or anything. Um, and I kind of like that. He's he, yeah. Fuck yeah. He still gives a really great performance. Um, and you know, the whole not taking the helmet off thing, I, I, you know, it, it always gave me, like big judge dread vibes um like i think there's a lot of parallels as well yeah, between like robocop and judge dread he's a very fucking, robotic judge dread yeah, very fucking cool um but um yeah i mean and then you know when you get to the end and he like takes off i mean even that's like that scene where he goes back to his house and it's been abandoned like his wife and kid have moved on and he's going through there and he's reliving all these memories and stuff like that like that's a really fucking powerful scene. And like, he manages to like give you all the emotion that this fucking guy is going through just with the way he moves and just the way he expresses himself just with his fucking mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Which is no mean feat, man. That's some fucking really good acting right there. Like, yeah, that really, really fucking, you know, that scene really fucking hits you. It's just like, oh, wow. Like, whew. Yeah, yeah, like, um, yeah. There's some heavy shit in there, man. Like, there is, man. I literally had a girlfriend who could not finish watching Robocop because it was way too emotional for her. I mean, it, it's not like, I mean, you know, when you see the cover, it can be a little bit misleading because you think, oh, cool, cool. It's like a this cool, you know, super-powered action flick type thing. Yeah. But it's kind of a little bit more than that. Like, like you say, it's part Frankenstein, it's part Dirty Harry, but it's also part tragedy. In well, it aspects. is. It is like RoboCop is like it, one and two are like it's very much a tragedy. Like yeah. it really is. Um, yeah. And I think that's you know we, we'll talk about the remake a little later on, but I think that's something that the remake kind of missed a bit like yeah absolutely it, it missed the humanity of like okay we're making a movie about this fucking kick-ass cyborg fucking robot cop who's just a complete fucking tank but there's a human inside there who is just in fucking agony over what's happened to him like and all the shit that he's lost um and like yeah that's something that this movie does really well but I mean, it gets, Robocop gets really heavy, but yeah. it doesn't get so heavy that it's oppressive. Like, you know, there's some heavy shit in there, but it's balanced out with some really fun shit as well. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, the, the bad guys, we, I mean, we, we, you know, I, I think now's as good a time as any to dive into that gang because it's like. Absolutely. Dude, one of the most fucking iconic band of bad guys ever put to screen like and i also feel i mean we talked about this on our crow episode on freaky friday mm. i really feel like the gang from the crow the movie in particular very much took a page from the gang in robocop because these guys were 
fucking gold. Like, yeah, absolutely. Those like the gang is great in it. Um, you know, they just I don't know. To me, to me, there was like the the epitome of everything that you love about gangs in the eighties, man. On film, man, they were just they just I don't know. They looked the part. They act the part. They, just they were and they were badass. Like, yeah, man. They're such and it 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 really was that eighties gang vibe because eighties gangs, like you know, we talked about this when we talked about the rape and stuff like that. Yeah, eighties movie gangs were always just such a motley crew of like. How the fuck did these guys get together? Because they look like they all have these weird individual styles. They don't look like they would ever talk to each other if nope. they ran into each other on the street. But somehow they're this like tight knit gang of like criminals. Yeah, and it's fucking, it's just awesome. It's so cool to watch. Yeah, it's good fun, man. And and the gangs like they really add to it with with everything that happens. Uh, you know, to to um, Paul Weller's character. And, um, you know, and obviously the battle that ensues later on with Robocop. Oh, man, well, it's like, yeah, like, I mean, when Murphy gets killed, like, I mean, it's such a fucking insane scene because it's like you're watching this horrific, horrific shit happen to this guy. Like, Mm. it's heartbreaking. And you're just like going, oh, my God, this poor guy. But you can't help but be smiling when Clarence is sitting there with the gun doing the mm-hmm. you just can't help but go like, oh, you guys are having way too much fucking fun with this. And you know, yeah, um, yeah like, oh god, I can't remember the guy's name. Um oh, I can't either, but man, it was fucking cool, man. It was yeah, the yeah, the, uh, the African American guy with the with the laugh. I can't yeah, remember his yeah, yeah. name. But like that laugh, I mean, like he's just such a sadistic little fucker. Yeah, that was that was cool, man. It was it was good fun, man. Like I yeah, for, for that's part of what makes the movie so memorable and enjoyable. Just good fucking bad guys. Yeah. You don't have to remember each and every single one to a T. Um, you don't need to know their backstory. You just know that they're good fucking bad guys. Bad guys that will meet an inevitable end to the good guy. But yeah, um, yeah just really fucking just. I mean, they're yeah. badass. Like, and Clar- Clarence Bodiger is one of the best cinematic villains because he is such a perfect asshole. Like, yeah, he is just such a fucking prick, and you kind of can't help but love him because it's like. You know, he he's an asshole to everyone. Like he's an asshole to the guys in his gang, but you know, still kind of fun loving with them. Um, it's like, you know, these guys just love going out there and being fucking criminal scumbags. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of fun to watch. Um, you'd never want to meet them in real life, but on screen, it's kind of compelling viewing. You know, he's a prick to Dick Jones when he goes to the army. You know, I just Kurtwood Smith's delivery and portrayal of that character, like, man, it was so fucking weird for me to see him when he started doing that 70s show. Because it's yeah. like, for me, it's like he's forever Clarence Bodiger from Robocop. It's just like, ah, uh, why is the bad guy from Robocop someone's dad? Like, that's not right. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty nuts, dude. Like, I mean, shit like that, you just go, oh, what the fuck? But, <laughs> but uh, oh, man, it, it it's just fucking cool, man. Like, um, th- th- this movie has so much cool going for it. And the funny part about this film is, you know, the movie, um, part of that budget, 
a substantial of amount of their budget was spent on the suit. Obviously, the mm. suit goes for a cool five hundred thousand to a million dollars US. Yeah, like that is crazy money to spend on a suit. Mm. And um, yeah, man, I I think it was money well spent because the damn thing looks fucking cool. The, I mean, dude, that that suit and that design is amazing, and it's like you you cannot you can't improve on it as the remake showed. Like you just, whatever you do to it, you can't, you can't make it better because it's fucking perfect as it is. It's like, and it's what works about it for me is that it's not, it, it all looks like feasible sort of future tech. It's not super sleek. It's not like he was built in a factory or something. It's like, he looks like a tank. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. It's like Robocop shouldn't be sleek. Like, you know, I mean, I I love the sound design of this film as well. Like, the, the footfalls when he walks are so iconic. Like, those footsteps are like, whoa, yep, that's Robocop. It's almost like the fucking shark theme from Jaws, just with the way the dude walks. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's really, really well done. Like, everything about this movie and this character is so well designed and put together. Um, yeah. I just don't think you can improve on it at all. Um, I mean, I know they made him a little bit more shiny in Robocop too. Like they gave him a bit of a, a oh, of course, know, a buff and a polish, yeah, uh, which, yeah. which kind of worked for him. Like, yeah. um, but I kind of like the, the sort of flat sort of, you know, it's very, it's it's cool because it's like this movie was set in Detroit and RoboCop very much, and I feel like it can't be a coincidence. Very much looks like a Detroit automobile product or something like that. Yeah, like, that, I mean that for the automotive hardcore Detroit yeah. iron, you know. Yeah, absolutely. That Detroit being the automotive automated uh, capital of the the universe, it, it has the just. Detroit metal about it, man. It's yeah, just man, right? hard right. ass, and uh, man, fucking yeah, it just looks sick. And um, yeah, like you say, in the sequel, he gets that fresh, you know, fresh buff and everything. But in this first film, we just see something that's just tough as fuck. And yeah, it just it looks badass. It works, and um, yeah. Well, I- I mean, let, let's face it, those scenes where, you know, where we're first introduced to him, it's like they really go out of their way to build a bit of mystery about the character. Because, like, mm. you know, you see him through the, the, you know, the glass panes, you know, and all that sort of stuff. You know, the, the introduction to the character is really well done because it's like, you know, this guy's going to fucking, you know, cause some shit. Like, yeah. you know, when you see, you know, the firing range with the gun, the first time we see the gun firing, and that gun was so iconic as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. That gun was badass. Uh, what was it? A Desert Eagle Magnum, I believe it was. Mm. Uh, uh, I think that's the gun anyway, but... The- yeah, yeah. And they actually, it actually fired, um, like, the, the, the ejection ports out the sides and stuff like that. They actually... Wow. Um, Oh, what did they do with it? They um, they they got a custom armorer to like you know sort of retrofit it and everything so it would do what it needed to do. Yeah, uh, the armory supervisor brought in a Beretta automatic pistol to which a compensator and decorative dressing was added to increase the size of the gun. Mm. Um, but dude, it looks so cool, man. 
Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and it was based on his kid's favorite TV show. Like, well, no, sorry, the gun's not based on it, but the way he spins the gun around and mm. you know chucks it in the holster, um, you know, remnants of the humanity of the the person he once was, mm. uh, you know, just holds on to the memory of of his kid's favorite um, TV star. You know, um, shit like that it was just super cool, man. So. Yeah, man. Yeah, and like, I mean, there's there's so much great stuff. Like, the just the the lines in there was so iconic. Like RoboCop's dialogue, like, hell yeah, man. You know uh, that introduction where it's like he goes out and it's dead like or alive. First... You're coming with me. Yeah, well, that's the thing, man. Like his first night on the street, you know, where he stops that convenience store robbery, uh, that was shoots, awesome. shoots the rapist in the nuts. Like... Yeah, that was badass, dude. Like. That was some violent shit, and and the music it... was great too, right? Oh yeah, right. Like yeah, uh, that, I, that I score it. was like really, really like yeah. It was like I mean every everything about this movie just works and still works. Like you know, what are we twenty, nearly twenty five years later? Yeah, like, dude, like it was great, and and the funny you got to give credit that the fact that RoboCop was inspired from. Um, uh, what's his name? Fucking uh, Edward Newmyer's um, experience on the set of Blade Runner, mm. you know, about, you know, cops hunting robots that look like humans in the future. And he basically thought of a scenario which is a future where a cop looking like a robot would be hunting human criminals. Great mm. idea. And the fact that this, you know, it, I love the the shadow, uh, you know, the, the corruption of of the the, the um, law enforcement system with the um, you know the corrupt officials and that and the, the 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 companies behind it just trying to fucking control the things and rub out the Robocop program so they can bring in the the big ass fucking Ed robot. Um, yeah, there, well, there's the, so much underlying plot to this. That's the thing, man. Like the themes that are explored in this movie are like fucking eerily like predictive of today's times it's like you know i mean you look around today it's like you know you get like the prisons are going private and stuff like that like corporations are like taking you know more and more control of things and mm. stuff like that and it's like a lot of that was sort of predicted in robocop with like ocp it's like oh yeah you know we're gonna like um we're, we're, we've taken over the police because the city's broke and uh yeah 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 we'll just move you know we'll uh we'll move police away from this area and we'll only have a couple in there so that, you know, it drives property values down so we can redevelop it and stuff like that. And, you know, oh, we've got this military contract with this fucking Ed 209 robot and who gives a fuck whether it works or not. You know, we've got the contract all lined up. And it's like, whoa. Mm, totally, um, dude, totally. You know, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, there's some There's some dark things in this movie, but candy coated with fucking cool as fuck action like yeah yeah like the again you know nod to practical effects Mm. you know practical effects reign supreme in this film there is a little bit of um you know early kind of computer generated graphic yeah there's a bit bit of stop motion stuff yeah with ed 209 and everything which is still holds up i gotta say it still holds up to this day i actually prefer that kind of stuff compared to today's cgi stuff I know that's yeah. a weird thing to say, but no, I, like I, it. I agree, man. I think there's something 
fun and tangible there. And we've talked about this before. Yeah, but it's we like, have. All you've really got to do is watch RoboCop and then watch the remake from a couple of years ago. And the CG stuff is just not that great. It just... Oh, look, there were a lot of issues with the RoboCop remake. Um, but, yeah, it just doesn't hold up. It's not the same. It's Look, I mean, the intentions... Again, you know, it's like our previous discussion earlier at the start of the episode about Nightmare on Elm Street. It's, you know, it's essentially a, a, a vessel of sorts to get re, reinvigorated, uh, reinvigorated interest in, in this franchise that, has, mm. that was never forgotten. It's just trying yeah. to find, you know, a younger audience perhaps maybe. You know, get reach out to those kids that hadn't yeah. seen it before. Or basically the schmucks in Hollywood just couldn't think of something new and creative. So they just went, Oh, let's reboot Robocop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't do that again, please. Well, and I, look, I mean, I, I think like, again, like, like Freddie Robocop is such a great character and concept that yeah. I think, you know, it could easily go on, um, you know, with the right actor in the role. And it's not that Joel Kinnaman was a bad actor. It's just that he was given a really bad script. Yeah. By people who didn't. I just don't. I, I like. I watched the RoboCop remake, and I just thought, like, you people didn't get this movie. Like, you didn't get what the original was all about or meant to be about. Like, you know, you didn't have iconic bad guys in there, which is, you know, the big. St- Even RoboCop two, like RoboCop two, still had really iconic bad guys. Like, you had fucking Tom Noonan as fucking Kane, like the big drug dealer guy mm-hmm. in there. His gang of weirdos, like that weird dude that had the Elvis obsession and everything. Um, you know, you, you had really good bad guy. I mean, also you also had Frank Miller writing the script for Robocop too. So, you know. Pretty fucking cool. <laughs> you 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 were already one up there. And I'll also say that number three even had fucking I I, I vaguely remember number three, but I do recall that there was a Japanese um kind of samurai like yeah, well, Frank Miller, Frank Miller wrote number three as well, but I think they kind of screwed it because years later, um, he did a 12-issue comic run um, through Avatar called Frank Miller's Robocop, which was like basically his original intention for Robocop 3. Right. Um, I mean, Robocop 3, I've got a few issues with because I'm like, what do you guys think? Like, why does Robocop need a jetpack? Yeah, I yeah like, that threw me off when I saw that. Yeah, man, I'm like, okay, he's got a machine gun hand, which he doesn't need because he's already pretty fucking awesome with that fucking pistol. Exactly. Um, and he's got a jetpack, which to me is kind of like welding wings onto a mm-hmm. tank. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, how can we improve this Panzer? I know, we'll put wings on it and a rock <laughs> on the back. Like what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you thinking? <laughs> uh, look, I, I just think it, by that point, I think they were just clawing and just trying to scrape the barrel for new and inventive ways yeah. to keep well, things fresh. Yeah. I mean, they didn't even get Peter Weller back for number three. So no. you know, they were kind of kind of, kind of, uh, just desperate for a cash. You know, and when that, that happens, that is that is a pretty good indication that you should just go, okay, well, we... Had two good movies. Let's just leave it there. Yeah. Um, 
that's why you know it when it when a character makes the character you know when a character like um robocop is just made so well with peter weller you don't fuck with that no you just don't i mean there's certain exceptions to the rule like you know things like 007 and 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 such but i mean things like robocop nightmare on elm street pinhead from hellraiser these guys were iconic characters for a reason well i also feel it's like you know with if they put the same level, like if if you were going to continue, um, you know, let let's say RoboCop or uh, Elm Street or Hellraiser or something like that, if you were going to continue it and you couldn't get your, you know, your actor like back, like you know the the way they you know Connery left Bond and stuff mm, like that, mm. if they put the same level of care into casting as they did with Bond then you could feasibly continue these franchises and series with another great actor. Absolutely. But the problem is they don't because I feel like because it's horror or it's, you know, sci-fi, it's it's treated with less regard. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you know, it's just about the fucking effects and stuff. Like, you know, the, the audience won't give a fuck. It's like, no, 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 no. Your audience do give a fuck. That's why these films were successful. So, exactly you know, maybe you should treat them with a little bit more respect in terms of casting it and not just throw any old dude in there. Yeah, and um, I think I think to back up your point on the Robocop remake as well, just skittling along a bit, um, I think what, you know, it's a classic case of uh, writers thrown into the mix. They don't really care about the source material. They kind of skim over the source material, think they've got a clue, and just write what they perceive as a good Robocop film. Yeah, big mistake. Well, there was so much weird shit with the remake. It's like the human hand threw me for starters. I'm yeah. just like, I'm just like, hang on, you've got this fucking cyborg, like you know, fucking war machine, basically, uh, and you've given it a human hand. Yeah, that pretty was... sure that's the first thing the bad guys are gonna aim for. Oh, yeah, he holds his gun with a flesh hand. Let's fucking shoot that off. Exactly. Any to, any half to, intelligent bad guy would. Yeah, to me that felt like. It, honestly, uh, I'll be completely blunt here. For me, that felt like one of the writers just jerking their dick under a table, going, <laughs> "I'm so clever." In the first movie, hey, remember the first movie? They blew his hand off first. But ours has that hand and it's still human. We kept it. How clever is that? Oh, look, it's symmetry. It's like, no, fuck off. It's bad writing. Like, yeah, and it's that, stupid as and well. And that's what separates the original from that. It's the fact that they, like you say, they made this such a Frankenstein concept. And right down to his hand. I that's one of my favorite bits early on in the film is when he first when we're first introduced to Robocop and you see him with that, you know, clenching um was it where he squeezes like with that vice like grip? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, you see that demonstration of his strength. Yeah. Yeah, when they're, they're attaching the arm to him when they've got him in the lab. Like, yeah, yeah, like shit like that is just like Wow, do not fuck with this character. Yeah. You know, um, that was yeah. cool. I like that, that shit. Yeah, man, that's that's the thing. Like it's a, I mean, there was one moment in the remake that I thought was pretty 
interesting, which is where like they basically, you know, take away all the cyborg parts and show Murphy exactly how much is left of him, which is pretty much like some lungs and his head. And, you know, that's about it. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Which was kind of like a good sort of horrifying moment. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. But then the rest of the movie was just really like, you know, all that stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to let him go back home to his family and stuff like that. It's like, this is just terrible. This is terrible. This is bad writing. I don't know what the fuck you guys are going for here, but you're mm. making a really kind of crap robocop movie that just doesn't work at all and, and you should probably stop just and, don't and, and that's yeah and that that fuck up you know will draw you know draw hopefully draw people back to the original love of the first film yeah you know with the relationships and like that humane factor of him you know longing to be back with his family but knowing that he can't but also that relationship with him and nancy allen's character mm, as well yeah which we got to take a moment to appreciate how fucking awesome her casting was in the Oh, film. dude. And, like, the intro to her character where she, like, beats the shit out of that dude, dude. in the police station and tries to escape. I mean, she wasn't just some supporting actress. She fucking delivered on so many levels, man. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Tough like, as nails. Yeah. 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 Just such a, such a great character and, like, you know, the the camaraderie between her and Murphy was like great. Like, you it know, when they're awesome. hiding out of the steel mill at the end and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. It was I really mean, look, we gotta we gotta talk about that confront confrontation at the steel mill because that was just yeah. I mean, what that fucking Leon fucking driving into that vat of toxic oh. waste and coming out. That was one of the, was one of the most gruesome, iconic fucking gruesome grisly ass scenes in 80s cinema it was just like holy shit and like you know and it was another classic example of why practical effects reign yeah. supreme this reign supreme i mean and i love that, that some of the lines man like that when he like you know he's like running around like melting and shit and just grabs yeah. onto his friend and the dude's like don't touch me man he's <laughs> like legs it away from him yeah I mean, dude, that was like some of the best fucking gore, grizzly shit. Oh, dude, yeah. And, and then when he like stumbles film. in front of Clarence's car and just gets smeared like just <laughs> like a bug on a windshield, it was like, oh my awesome. god, it was so good, dude, so good. Um, yeah, even, even the end when uh Murphy uses that fucking the Robocop uses the fucking data spike on his hand to fucking shiv Clarence in the fucking neck. Dude, that was great. It was like fucking stroke of genius. Yeah. Wolverine would approve. Oh, yeah, dude. It was great. As a kid, it was just like, oh, fuck, he's going to do it. Oh, my God, that's so cool. Like, Yeah, yeah. I I mean, again, the director's cut of that is way more grisly. It's like, you know, he, like, shanks him in the neck and, like, this (laughs) splash of gore just goes all over Murphy's chest and then you see like Clarence stumbling back with fucking arterial spray flying out of his neck. Yeah, I love that shit. Yeah, dude, it's really grisly and it's like whew, (laughs) you earned your R rating, guys. Well done. Yeah, man. Yeah, dude, totally. I mean that, you know, just so many cool elements to this film 
And you've got to take a moment to uh, have a bit of a laugh at Robocop's food, what they feed him. He's a baby food. <laughs> I mean, I like baby food. I remember um, fucking Mad Comics doing a parody of that. You know, they, you know how oh, they man, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The baby food shit was great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, dude, this movie like kicks ass on so many levels. There's a reason why this movie is like a fucking 80s staple icon that everyone loves, man. Like, it is such. I mean, I I feel like, you know, we keep repeating ourselves, but like, we've talked about some really fucking iconic, like, perfect 80s cinema over the last few weeks. Yeah, we're we're only scraping the surface. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Jesus, we haven't even gotten to Predator yet. I know. (laughs) But, But, like, that, that's the thing, man. It's like, and again, like I was talking about with Species uh, on yesterday's Freaky Friday, was, yeah. um, you know, this is a movie that is a great original concept that's Beautiful like not concept. adapted from anything. Nothing. It's just like, no, this is pure cinema. This was written to be a movie and was such a fucking great movie that it basically spawned an entire franchise, like cartoons, comics, like, you know, there was the Marvel comic series, which I always thought was really weird as a kid. It's like, even though it was slightly more mature readers, it was like, Marvel's doing Robocop? That seems strange, but it was really well done. Um, And Dark Horse had a bit of fun with it too. Yeah, Dark Horse did. I think, what was the last? I think Boom was the last uh, company that got, to do a Robocop run. And Boom are, are synonymous with doing crossover events as well. And I mm. think they did a Robocop versus Terminator series. Yeah. Dark, Dark Horse did that as well. Um, yeah. Because the first the first Robocop Terminator was uh, Frank Miller and Walt Simonson did it. Yeah. Um, and my God, man, I tried so hard to get a hold of that as a kid and I could not. It was fucking sold out everywhere. Like, everyone wanted wow. that thing that's crazy dude like but i mean that that just shows you just the the awesome appeal of of this character and and you know the legacy that spawned yeah. from that movie even yeah. the um dude i remember playing the arcade game of robocop so cool man yeah it's just like man just like uh, fucking running around just shooting bad guys and then taking on the ed uh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Good fun, man. But um, I mean, yeah, I, I also I also really loved number two. I thought number two. I, I mean, I know a lot of people sort of rank on it, but it's like I thought number two was really good. Like the whole RoboCop two concept with Kane, the the drug dealer's brain in that cyborg, was yeah. pretty fucking awesome. Um, and I feel like number two continued that tragic element because you've got that whole thing where they bring Murphy's wife in to see him and he's basically like you know lies to her and says like I'm not your husband like I'm a fucking machine like you know I don't know you fuck off yeah and sends the poor woman away like a screaming fucking wreck that was a powerful moment it was man like that was really like I think that was the one of the moments where the girl I was dating was just like, I can't finish watching this. This is really upsetting. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, there's some heavy. I'm content. like looking at it, like, <laughs> it's really cool. You haven't yeah. even seen like, you know, fucking 
all the cool shit. Yeah. This is like, no, nah, I can't watch this. This is too heavy. And I'm just like, ah. That's the great thing about the film, it, the diversity of what it promises. Uh, you mm. know, great action, but real emotional content filled with tragedy, filled with just, you know, it, it really takes you on an emotional roller coaster as a, yeah. as a cinematic viewer. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And again, the practical special effects, the cars look cool. The kind of semi-dystopian future of Detroit is fucking great. Um, yeah. Yeah, I was really happy with it. I, I loved it. Casting was great. Soundtrack was cool. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Yeah, yeah man, ab- absolutely. And I mean, you know, it, it's it, it was strange to see it spawn like a cartoon series and a toy line and stuff because it was like... Um... I vaguely recall the <laughs> Robocop helmets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I may have tried I, one on at the toy shop. I, don't, I, I remember, remember there being a RoboCop show bag. Um, no way. Yeah, man. Yeah, it had one. I, I remember it. I was too old to like sort of, I think by the time it sort of rolled around, it was like I was getting past the point of show bags, but I really, right. wanted, I really wanted that one, even though it was like, <laughs> okay, I'm 12, but I sort of really want the RoboCop show bag. Um, Because it looks cool as fuck. Well, yeah, I think it had the helmet in there. It had like a... um, I I did... I think my brother may have gotten one because there was an orange water pistol in there that was RoboCop's gun, but it was orange and a water pistol, um, which I always thought was just the fucking coolest thing ever. I was like, I just want to get some spray paint and do that like matte black and just kind of frame it and put it on my wall um, wow because it's like that gun looks fucking boss like um i'm not a gun guy but that gun looked fucking cool like that was the thing about the 80s like the guns looked really fucking like the aliens pulse, the aliens fucking pulse rifle and stuff like that it's just like there was some cool sci-fi weapons back then yeah yeah but um, yeah, it was just so so weird. It, again, it's like we talked about with like Toxic Avenger and stuff like that. It's like it was so weird to see like these kind of hardcore R-rated movies get marketed towards kids that couldn't actually watch the movie, like mm. unless you know you did a sneaky on a Saturday night or something at a friend's house, and they're like, "Yay, we're watching Toxic Avenger!" Oh, we probably shouldn't be, but no one will know. Um, yeah. Yeah, there was um, yeah, there, there's there's some cool shit there. I, I was just reading also like um, the reflection in a 2013 interview with Edward Newmyer, um, reflecting on how the film script um, was starting to play into reality, and he was saying he, he's quoted as saying, "We are now living in the world that I was proposing in RoboCop in '87. How big yeah. corporations will take care of us, and dot dot dot, how they won't." Um, yeah. Yeah, there's just so much realism there, and it's funny that you know years after the um, years after the you know in 2013, 26 years after the release, Detroit declares bankruptcy. I mean, there's just some crazy parallels to reality. Of oh man, I remember when I read about Detroit declaring bankruptcy, and I think I did a Facebook post and went, "Holy fuck, this is how RoboCop starts." Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's just like what. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really sad, dude. But um, man, like fuck, the, the, this film just really paints a dark picture of a city that and and gives us this character of RoboCop that delivers us this glimmer of hope yeah. and has this symbol to to inspire 
you know, a city that's afraid, living in fear, to, to stand up and get behind RoboCop and and fight for their rights to, you know, to. I I also thought, yeah, I also thought that was, um, I mean, it's like, you know, the first one is pretty much like, you know, you could definitely look at the original RoboCop as a satire and basically like, hey, here's the fucking dark side of capitalism and Reaganomics. Yeah. Because it really was. And then you get to number two and like, you look at it's really interesting watching number two because you look at a lot of the production design for OCP and stuff like that when they're doing their presentation. Yeah. And it's almost very fucking Nazi like with their banners and logos and stuff very like much that. So. Like it's really interesting, like the subtlety that has gone into um, the more satirical elements of at least RoboCop 1 and 2 um, in terms of like their attitudes on, you know, corporations having too much power and, you know, capitalism just going completely out of control and stuff like that. Mm. Um, And uh, if anyone wants to come to my meeting at the docks on Friday night, uh, we'll be talking about uh, bad capitalism and how to overthrow the evil empire and all that sort of stuff. Oh, no, wicked. did I say that out loud? I, <laughs> that was meant to go out on the private email server. Whoops. Oops. <laughs> but yeah, not to sound like a crazy hippie or anything, but um, no, I do I do think there's some like really interesting uh, shit that both Robocop 1 and 2 have to say about like, you know, corporations having way too much control. And I mean, we're kind of fucking living through it right now. I mean, you know. Well, we are, we are. Is there anyone Disney doesn't own yet? <laughs> Well, this is the thing, man. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a crazy world we live in, and you know, Hollywood is in many parts of the '80s has kind of cast a, a crystal ball and and shown us a few you know a future that we kind of laughed at and went yeah right, and we're kind of now going oh okay yeah <laughs> all right, <laughs> it's kind of crazy, man. But um yeah this 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 movie um has had a hell of a lifespan. I mean, for, not bad for a film that was rejected by just about every major movie studio um, since it was conceived in the early well, 80s. Yeah, man. Like, everyone basically, like, I mean, I, I watched the making of and stuff like that. And you know, there were people that wouldn't even read the script because of yeah. the name. Like, they were like, oh, Robocop, that sounds like some fucking B-grade shit. Like, Which is kind of weird because the success of Terminator kind of really helped push this along over the line and, and Orion I think saw that potential and took the punt on it. Yeah. Um, which is crazy, you know, cause you know, as you say, we, we got two, you know, it spawned two sequels, two cartoon series, a TV show. Um, I never saw the TV show by the way. Oh, uh, you're not missing much. It was okay. pretty, it, let's, let's put it this way. The um, TV show was very fucking tame. Uh, Robocop for a, a TV series based on a character that literally spent the entire first. I mean, let's put it this way that scene where Robocop takes out the cocaine lab in the first movie was just amazing. It's like the dude just wades in, shoots everyone there, uh, throws Clarence through like three or four windows, and slaps the fuck out of him. You get to the TV series and it's like Robocop shoots out the legs 
on a cupboard so it falls down and knocks the bad guy out. Oh, like, dude, doesn't come shoot. on. And I mean, I'm not like, oh, Robocop doesn't. How dare they not shoot people? That's fucked. Those heathens. <laughs> it's, heathens. It's like, but it's like, this character is a violent character. Like, that's the whole point of Robocop. Yeah, he, like, he's badass. Like, he, he's serving the, 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 the side of good, but yeah, with, with bad Harry intention. In a tin suit, you know? Yeah, um, dude. Absolutely. But oh, we've got to talk about Dirty Harry one day, too. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, fuck, fuck yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, no, you get to the TV series and it's just like, oh, this is kind of really toned down. And at that point, it's like, okay, Robocop's being marketed towards kids now. Like, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I think I've only watched, like, I watched a few episodes of the TV series. There were four made-for-TV movies. Um in the early 2000s or late 90s, I want to say. No, I think it was early 2000s that weren't too bad. I do recall seeing a couple of them on um, Foxtel way back when it was mm-hmm. like Star, And they weren't too bad. They were trying very hard to be closer to the original film. Um, I can't really say how well they did with that like i remember seeing the first couple and going oh yeah not too bad i can see what they're trying to do um the guy they had playing robocop wasn't terrible but he certainly wasn't peter weller Um, yeah but yeah it was like and i think it was meant to be a fairly uh close continuation after Robocop 3, or at least after Robocop 2, I'm not sure. But yeah. Yeah. So those those existed. Um that's interesting. I mean, it's it's funny, you know, when you talk about the casting of Peter Weller, because you know, th- there's so many names that were thrown around considered for the role. Lance Henriksen was actually considered. Um, but he's you know, he didn't go for it due to time constraints, which is mm. interesting. Um, but Rutger Howell was also another actor in line to play I Robocop. I had heard Rutger Howell was considered. Um, but he was decided, it was decided that he was too large to fit into the costume. Yeah. But, you know, Weller being uh, a slender 5'10", um, and plus, you know, the that unique expression of his lower jawline, um, they, they went, yep, that's our man. I could honestly see Rutger Howard doing Robocop and giving yeah, him for a sure. really interesting performance. I um, think so too. Like, yeah, I, I could really, really see that. But the thing is, Peter Weller's voice, man, just, you know. Yeah, he, he just, I, I honestly feel like. I he was born for that role. doing it. But yeah, Peter Weller just nailed that role, like in a way that I don't feel like anyone else could. Well, this is the thing, man. There was a lot of that film that was, you know, when you talk about the movements of what he had to go through to get that right, there was a lot of stuff that they weren't prepared for when it came time to, you know, say lights, camera, action. And they there was a lot of that stuff that they had to improvise on the fly, man. Yeah. And he really rose to the challenge under much protest and duress. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there was a bit of heat on the set and, you know, fuck. And like when you're in a suit like that, of course you you're gonna yeah, you're not gonna be too happy to be yeah, even no, if you well, get paid. That's the thing, man. And, and I, I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, you know, you I I feel like a lot of the time, like people seem to 
not disregard, but not really give as much praise or kudos to the guys in the suits. Like, you know, because it's a really fucking tough job and it's not just a case of like, I'll just slap a suit on anyone like, and they'll do the job. All they need to do is be fucking, you know, it's not like you could, you give me a fucking Michael Myers mask and a blue jumpsuit and I'm going to give you the shittiest Michael Myers that you've ever fucking seen. Cause I ain't no fucking actor, mm. but you know, you get someone like Tyler Maine in there or um, Nick Castle and some of those guys, like, they really do a fucking great job. Um, you know, Robert England is Freddie. It's like, you know, they, they tried a Nightmare on Elm Street movie that just had a stuntman in a Freddie suit. Like there was, they, they didn't want to pay England to do Freddie for like Nightmare 2. And they tried it with just a dude in a suit and it sucked. And they were mm. like, oh shit, we've got to get Robert back. Um, and same with Peter Weller with Robocop. It's like, you know, it's, that's a fucking demanding job. Like, I mean, I would not like to be wearing that much shit in fucking, you know, Houston in summer. Like, yeah, fuck that. No way. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, fucking, like, it, it was great cast. Hello, putty cat. Yeah, great <laughs> casting on that part. But um, another, another thing I want to highlight, too, is also, of course, Robocop's Three prime directives. Serve yes. the public trust, protect the innocent, and uphold the law. These three laws are reminiscent of the three laws of robotics devised by sci-fi author Isaac Asimov. Yep, exactly. How fucking man. crazy is that? That's dude? fucking. I always thought that was so cool. It's what like, a what a cool nod to a great sci-fi writer. And I confess, I've never read Isaac Asimov, but I know who the fuck he is. I yeah. know what he's done. Mm. I appreciate oh, yeah. As- it. Asimov's good. Like, yeah, he's he's well worth reading. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I always thought that was really fucking cool. And s- again, like, so many great nods to other stuff in this film. Like I said, mm. Frankenstein. You know, there's the rules of robotics from fucking iRobot and stuff like that. Um, yeah, like, um, e- even like RoboCop's memories and stuff like that is. You know, I feel like there's a little bit of a, 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 a nod and a wink to Blade Runner with that mm. as well, um, or at least Philip K. Dick. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's just there is so much great stuff in this movie. Like, this is a movie that, like, you know, you can tell the people making it really gave a shit about it and really yeah. believed in it. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, I, I think, you know, we've, we've sort of, you know, touched on this before with a few things, but I, I really think you can tell when something is made with, with love and affection for the material and everyone just wants to do a good job versus stuff that's just made for a cash grab or, oh, this has got a built-in audience. Let's go for it. Whatever. Mm. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2011. <laughs> cough, cough. Um, but I mean that like I mean you know we'll we'll talk about that when we do our nightmare one next week but yeah that, yeah. that movie literally was just uh eh, fuck it you know I don't give a shit this will be good for my career it's like uh, not unless you give a shit it won't <laughs> yeah absolutely man uh man it, it, it's yeah I mean in closing about this film dude there's just 
if you haven't seen Robocop, dude, like seriously, you know, these movies that we talk about week in, week out, they're all well worth checking out. They're not yeah. boring. They're not, there's nothing shit about them. That's why we call this show rad. Cause these movies are fucking rad. These are the movies that shaped our childhoods. Um, and there's so many people like us that fucking just adore these films. They're cinematic masterpieces that stand the test of time. And you can watch Robocop today and enjoy it as much as you did back then. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I, mean, I have to say about that. That's, that's the thing is like, look, it's, you know, Robocop is definitely a movie that does stand the test of time. Like, I mean, you know, you talk about like perfect movies and stuff like that. It's like, this is one of them. This, this like, like lost boys and stuff like that. It's like, you know, most of the stuff we talk about is like, you know, species, like, mm-hmm. you know, that we talked about. So it's like, yeah, species is a fun movie. It's a good movie. Robocop, on the other hand, like Lost Boys, like Jaws, like so many other things. It's like there is a reason why these things become pop culture staples. Like I Absolutely. guarantee you, even if there are people out there who haven't watched Robocop, they could point at a picture and go, oh, yeah, Robocop. Mm-hmm. But it's like just fucking if you haven't seen it, I beg you watch it it's great it is it really is a great movie it hits on so many different levels like you can that's the great thing about robocop and a lot of these flicks that we talk about man is it's like you can watch them no matter what mood you're in if you're in the mood for like something serious you can watch robocop and you can take it seriously like you can look at the satire elements you can look at you know the fact that it is a tragedy um, you know, if you're in the mood for just some kick-ass fucking sci-fi action with a big robot fucking tank dude that kicks down doors and shoots up cocaine labs and says cool lines and stuff like that, you can just watch it as a pure bit of fun escapism as well. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you know, there's a reason why you guys like you and me can watch this movie when we're like 10 or 11 years old. Yeah. Love it for what it is to us then keep watching it through the years and keep getting new stuff out of it and still enjoy it when we're fucking in our late thirties and forties and shit like that. Yeah, totally man. Like, you know, that's, that's the beauty of these movies is that they're so well made and so well put together that you can enjoy them for fucking years and still get new shit out of them. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and that's the, you know, that's the great thing is, is that this is the great thing about, you know, 80s and and even to an extent 90s films man but predominantly the 80s films is the fact that they're just they follow a simplistic formula with great practical special effects the most kick-ass soundtracks and you know for the most part a lot of these films are made with such love Mm. you know and I, i don't you know i'm not saying anything dull about today's movies by any means i mean i've just given high praise to Top Gun Maverick is being possibly one of the best sequels ever made. But, I mean, movies like Robocop stand the test of time for so many reasons, and we've discussed so many good points about this film. And we could we could probably spend another hour talking more points as why this movie is so good. Well, exactly, man. And I think, like, a lot of 80s and, you know, to a degree, 90s cinema and stuff like that, and, you know, 70s cinema, like, you know, fucking, there's, there's a Taxi Driver episode happening one day. Yeah. Um there's there was so much originality on display and yeah. so much creativity like from everything from 
you know, the writing to the acting to the makeup and effects designs to the soundtracks and stuff like that. Um, you know, there was a lot of, it just felt like people took a few more studios were happy to take a few more risks. Um, yeah. And they weren't just so reliant on existing intellectual properties and stuff like that. They were happy to like go movie about a robot cop. Why oh, sounds good. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, 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 like, you know, you had guys like Peter Weller, like having to develop ways to play this character. They couldn't just open up a comic and go, Oh yeah. So that's how Wolverine's meant to be. Cool. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no shots at Hugh Jackman did a fucking great job, mm. but you know, there, there was a lot more creativity and a lot more, um, originality and you know people were developing new things like you know the, the special effects techniques it's like you know look at the stuff like the thing it's like you know someone wrote that script which was amazing and you know john carpenter wrote it and fucking chucked it at rob botine and said okay figure out how to do this shit kid yeah yeah absolutely. and they had to make it up they couldn't just sit there and go oh, i'll just do a computer model and stuff like that <laughs> look, cg is great when it's used properly I just rewatched Lord of the Rings over the weekend and, you know, there is some stuff in that movie that would be impossible without CGI. But when you use it well, cool. Yeah. When you use it lazily, not so cool. Not so cool. Yeah. No, I agree, man. But Robocop's a great example of a movie that's just, you know, well done with great special effects, great, um, great casting, great, you know, just it ticks all the boxes and then some, and you know it's had it's enjoyed the success that it's enjoyed years later after the fact, and continues well, that's, to that's to it. dazzle our imaginations. That's it. There's a reason why this movie and so many other ones we have have the lifespan they do, and the reason why two assholes are talking shit about them on a podcast. Every exactly, time. exactly, man, hundred percent, dude. But um, yeah, man. Any any final words about Robocop before we fuck off? No, nah, it's it's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. It's uh, it's just fantastic. And if you haven't seen it, I really implore you to do it. Um, you know, um, just fucking do I, it. I, I, I just feel like I should start a, a second movie club or something like that. Like, <laughs> you know. Look, if you haven't seen it, for fuck's sake, come over to my house. I will show it to you. You are missing out in life if you haven't seen some of this shit. Like, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Go, buy the Blu-ray. I'm sure it's like 12 bucks or something like that. Yeah, well, that's it, man. It's it's (laughs) fucking worth it, and it's good fun. And, uh, yeah, man, like, uh, I'm excited because... We've, we've got so many more great films to talk about and uh, I'm looking forward to our next one. Next one's going to be uh, one that's near and dear to my heart. But um, Oh, yeah, man. I'm really looking forward to talking about that movie because yeah. I fucking love that movie and yeah. I feel like it's something that so many people haven't seen and should. It um, breaks my heart every time I meet someone that says, Oh, I haven't seen that film yet. It's like, oh my god, please! You have. I just beg them, like I do with any of these films. I talk about it's like, dude, you'll thank me later. Oh uh, man, I, I seriously like every time I find a fan of that movie, I'm just like, can I hug you? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I know. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like some hidden secret that's not a hidden secret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, just. It, it, 
it's like a secret handshake. It's like, oh, you like that? Yeah. Oh, you're, you're officially cool. Like, yeah, yeah. And again, you know, it, it's, it's much like Robocop. It's got amazing <laughs> one-liners and yeah, but we'll talk about it. But um, um oh, we, we, we will. <laughs> we, we, so we've got next week's going to be fucking action-packed because we're talking about on Freaky Friday, we're going to be talking about a kick-ass horror film. I mean, should we should we just fucking announce it? Yeah, yeah, why not? Yeah, we're going to talk about you. You heard us threaten to talk about it before. We are going to be talking about Wishmaster, um, probably one of the most underrated cult horror films you've never seen, and we're going to tell you why you need to see it. Uh, and then on Rad, we are going to talk about the 1979 Walter Hill classic and our first 70s film to talk about. We're going to talk about The Warriors. Yeah, which is probably going to like devolve a bit at some point into a Walter Hill love fest. Cause... Yeah, it, because there is so much more to Walter Hill than meets the eye. Yeah, he's, oh my God, just, I love him a lot. Um, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of love for this guy, dude. And um, you'll be blown away, by, blown away by his list of credits, what he's accomplished. But um, yeah, man, there's a lot for you boys and girls to look forward to. And of course... The following the, week. The, the, the following <laughs> week, we're just going to be fucking nasty. <laughs> uh, this is where we unleash Jake Nippon. Well, oh, to be fair, be I'm not going to be super nasty about... Why not? Two-thirds of Nolan's Bat trilogy. Um, <laughs> so basically... When we get to the Dark Knight Rises, I'm just going to fucking dump all over that fucking turd. <laughs> Oh, this is this is gonna be fun, man. Because I'm not gonna argue with you, but I'm not also probably gonna agree with you. So we're we're gonna have some interesting points of interest here. So I, I'm looking forward to it, man. But um, yeah, look, man, look, we love doing these shows, guys. And as you can as you can see by the time clock, we can talk shit with the best of them, and we yeah. love it. We we talk comic books, we talk movies, we talk video games, and. You know, all the good essential things that you should have in, in a staple, good mental health diet. And, uh, yeah, we love it. And we would love it, especially if you hit the subscribe button. It, it's pretty easy. Yeah, like, like a subscribe to us and um, all that. Yeah, encourage us. Yeah, just show us you care. Yeah, yeah, just just encourage us. Like, yeah. we, we, need, we need encouragement. I mean, like, if, if, well, actually, if, we don't, but you know, we we're going to keep doing this shit anyway. So, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> I mean, if you want to go that one step further, you can leave a rating, and you know, even that 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 just really shows us that you care. So, yeah, heaven forbid. But, <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, this has been a fun one, man. Like, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad we did it, man. RoboCop is a great film. Uh, the trilogy. I mean, we kind of encapsulated the trilogy in it, kind of in a nutshell, and the reboot. Yeah, we kind of co- we co- we covered pretty much everything, like the cartoon and you know the TV series and the TV movies and the good the... news. Um, the good news for RoboCop fans too is that um, you can actually watch the both animated series for free on YouTube as well. Um, yeah, I just did a quick search and found it easy enough. So um, yeah, it's. A lot of good animated series are easy enough to find on YouTube. So, yeah. I love technology. <laughs> uh, well, I don't, know if, I don't know if the Robocop animated series counts as a good one, but it is worth watching because ah. it's very strange. Well, look, <clears throat> it's like a lot of those um, 90s cartoons, dude. Some of them are just like 
what? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. It's it's it is very weird to see a toned down animated RoboCop. Though it's less weird to see a toned down animated RoboCop than it is to see a toned down live action RoboCop because. Yeah, you, the the live action one in the TV series was very. Listen, you scared me off watching Whoa. it. I mean, look, I, I I think if there is a free episode on YouTube that I can watch, I might watch it just for sheer curiosity's sake. If you but... can find the pilot on YouTube to watch, man, it's worth it because that has the infamous "I'm going to shoot out the feet of this cabinet and it's going to fall on someone." See, and I want to see that now. I really want to see that. It's crazy. It's just, it's fucking wacky. It's, I I think it's in the first, I recall, I haven't watched it for many, many years. I recall it being in like the opening 10, 15 minutes though. Wow. So, yeah. It's, you don't have to wait long to get to the weirdness. Well, I'll listen. I have discovered there are, I have found the TV series full episodes on YouTube. Um, yeah. 23 videos and uh, pff, try and stop me. Yeah. Well, you know, um, if you want to hate yourself 23 times. Yeah, I probably will. I probably will. So uh, look, I'll, I'll I'll just, I'll just watch the first episode and we'll see how we go from there. (laughs) On that note, it's been fun. It's been great. And, uh, Jake has always, it's a pleasure. Absolutely. My dude. Absolutely. Yeah. And I shall, um, I shall leave you to your, uh, Robocop TV series torment. Thanks, and I'll probably send you a message later going, why didn't you stop me, Jake? Why didn't you Why didn't you deactivate my prime directives? Well, man, look, you know, with that play button, your move, creep. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Till then, adios, amigos. See you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Amen. Bye.